Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. In the opening of the show today, we run down a pretty busy news weekend and look towards the week ahead. I give you all the details I could find on the monkeypox hysteria thus far. It is just that, a hysteria, but still one that is uh, certainly interesting to cover. The baby formula crisis, the record gas prices, all that gets touched on in the opening. Plus, the Democrats lost a major gerrymandering battle, which is yet another indication that it could be a political bloodbath come November for them. And a San Francisco archbishop is denying communion to Nancy Pelosi. Highly aggressive and unexpected, and uh, I admit, kind of a welcome change of pace. Georgetown students drunkenly trashed the Lincoln Memorial. We should all be so proud, or maybe it's actually quite troubling. Plus, there's some horrifying news about our border and a truly hilarious story about America's worst mayor, L.A.'s Eric Garcetti. All that is in the opening of the show. Then our guest today, Senator Roger Marshall, is from Kansas, but he's at our border at the time of this recording, and he quite reasonably says that we're all being distracted from the biggest crisis of the moment, which is, of course, the influx of illegal aliens and fentanyl over our southern border. You can hear how fired up he is in the interview. So without further delay, let's get into it. a lot of uh, reading about monkeypox going on, which is the new virus that is taking the world by storm. Now, for my new sensibilities, I'm incredibly interested in viruses and I'm a little burned out on them, as uh, I'm sure many of you are. But for me, we've always tracked viruses very closely. At Breitbart, uh, I think we had the best Ebola coverage during the Ebola crisis during the Obama years of any right of center outlet for sure. And famously, I believe we were the first major American outlet to report on the coronavirus, which was the uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic is what it would ultimately become. Uh, but we were, we were reporting on a mystery pneumonia that was reported uh, in China, and it was very early in January of 2020, and that went on to become the pandemic. And I don't think any major American outlet uh, beat us to that. Um, maybe a one-off story here and there, but uh, we started covering it very early, and I think that uh, led to us having, I think, pretty solid coverage throughout. Uh, but the latest one right now is uh, monkeypox, which is a, a pretty frightening thing, and you're seeing a lot of panic, a lot of people hitting the panic button, which I would also find very exciting in the past when people overreact to certain things or underreact. All the, the reaction is in and of itself interesting, but now I'm kind of spooked by reactions because people seem to be very inclined to... Um, Uh, People seem to be very inclined to just try to shut stuff down right away and to draw conclusions before the science is in. Um, But we had uh, Scott Gottlieb, who is the doctor who was the former FDA commissioner, uh, saying that there's community spread. It's hard to snuff this out. He doesn't think it will become a major epidemic, but but because this is a virus that's difficult to spread, that's good news. But you need sustained close contact and sustained contact with open sores in order to uh, pass it. So that's a good thing. Those of you who are not inclined to touch anyone else's open sores. Uh, But there are many cases now. They're disconnected and they're spreading the communities. And there's a lot more uh, infection when the people are um, uh, when when people are touching each other's open sores. 
which is, again, not entirely common. You can do the math and sometimes when these things are happening. But there is a long incubation period, apparently, of 21 days, which is one that's kind of caught people off guard because if there is any exposure, the recommendation is already to isolate for 21 days, which is pretty wild. That, that is a long isolation time. So according to the UK, monkeypox, close contact should isolate for 21 days. And with kids among the most at-risk cases, apparently. So a scary stuff is tough to spread. So far, what we know around the world, there's 145 total cases, which normally you could be dismissive of this. And um, because, you know, that's the, 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 when you get 125 total cases so far, what we know of is 22 in Canada and two in the United States, two in Australia. But again, that's sometimes these things start and they get much bigger. Um, the World Health Organization issues a forecast expecting the rare virus to accelerate in the summer. It's nasty stuff, but the open source thing is why I feel like this, I don't see how bad this could get relative to, let's say, I don't know, a, a airborne respiratory virus like coronavirus. So South Florida health officials are investigating a presumptive case there. According to, this is Palm Beach Daily, health officials are investigating a case. Uh, it's a singular case related to international travel. The person is isolated. The risk of contracting monkeypox remains low, but the Board of the Health uh, Department said that if a person has received the smallpox vaccine, there's likely cross-protection, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Here are the symptoms. Monkeypox symptoms are milder than those with smallpox, according to the CDC. Disease starts with headache, fever, aches, and leads to a rash on the face and spreads throughout the body. Transmission requires close, prolonged contact with an infected person's lesions or directly contaminated items. If you think you might have monkeypox, they do recommend that you reach out to health, health officials. Sorry to chuckle, but that seems fairly obvious. All right, so we'll be keeping a, keeping a close eye on monkeypox. And if anyone of you know if you've had it, if you think you have monkeypox right now, please call the show. Uh, but the UN is already scolding people for homophobic and racist language. Uh, this was inevitable, and I had this thought that this was coming uh, once you hear uh, about open source. It just reminds you of some of the HIV epidemic, the way that began and um, a lot of that was seen as a, a, a homosexual thing and a intravenous drug thing and then also a lot of spread in third world areas relative to affluent um, Western areas with the other notable exceptions um, uh, based on behavior. And so the UN is already concerned about irresponsible language because a significant proportion of recent monkeypox cases have been among gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with other men. So we're not supposed to reinforce homophobic and racist stereotypes and exacerbate stigma. Okay, fair enough. Let's not do that. Thanks, UN. So UN reminds you during this monkeypox epidemic not to be a jerk, which is fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what else to say, um, but uh, Joe Biden has said that everyone should be concerned about it. 
everyone should be concerned about the monkeypox. We've got a clip of him talking about it, which I'm somewhat surprised by, but I'm excited to hear it. Let's play cut one. Mr. President, quick question. What have your health advisors told you your level of concern should be about monkeypox and the cases that are in the United States and around the world? Well, they haven't told me the level of exposure yet, but it is something that everybody should be concerned about. We're working on it hard to figure out what we do and what uh, vaccine, if any, may be available for it. But it is a concern in the sense that if it were to spread, it's consequential. That's all they've told me. Yeah, he's got a slightly less information than I have, sounds like. So, great. He's on it. I'm sure he's thinking this through. Uh, let's put it this way. He will He will have, He will be not helpful, regardless of if this turns out to be very bad or not very bad. Um, it's interesting to me because normally I would find this news cycle to be very compelling, and now I uh, definitely am fighting some people in the Brightport newsroom who do not want to do a ton of virus talk right now. And they're saying... If we're talking about open source and we're talking about 150 cases, do we have to do a lot of monkeypox coverage right now? And I'm saying, yes, we do. I'm interested. But I, I do not believe all of you will get monkeypox at this point. Uh, let's get into some other items in the news. The biggest one going back towards Friday, which will, I think, dovetail into what's potentially the big news of the week, potentially. A San Francisco archbishop prohibited Nancy Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion over her extreme abortion stance. Now, uh, this is something that is, I think, heartening. Uh, those of you who are a regular listener to the show note that I'm a Catholic and I struggle with it, partially because of how disappointing Catholic Church is in their priorities. Um, they so often do not abide by their own principles and they don't live up to their own principles. And it's tough. It's uh, Again, we're all hypocrites. And there's no doubt about that, but sometimes Catholic Church is the worst, and it makes it uh, tough for me to defend. Uh, th th this was heartening to me. San Francisco Archbishop said he was guided by Pope Francis's principles in denying a communion to Pelosi. And it's just fundamental that you can't claim to be for uh, the, the care about the right to life when you are uh, allowing for people who publicly buck the right to life at such a level as Nancy Pelosi does a career panderer to the abortion industry, the people who make money slaughtering children in the womb, and then you just treat her as if she's just every other parishioner. Like, that's not, I don't think it's a good look for the church. So San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione said Friday that he was guided by the principles articulated by Pope Francis in a lengthy interview with Gloria Purvis. Archbishop Cordelione insisted that he cannot judge Miss Pelosi's conscience, but to be so aggressively promoting it. That's not what a devout Catholic does, so I believe in her heart. She feels that way, but there is a disconnect on the issue. I know people accuse me of being political, but this is not political at all. It's pastoral. Amen. I don't want to take a more severe tack if I don't have to. I'd, ra I'd rather do the minimum I need to do in order to prepare to repair the scandal scandal is an action that would lead others into error and into sin so the scandal here is that someone who is strongly advocating for something as evil as abortion and taking communion creates confusion among people amen and they can begin to think that it is acceptable to the catholics to believe this it's good stuff that's the leadership that we don't get from the catholic church very much
We just don't, and I wish we did. So the reason why I say this could be the biggest news, because again, it is Monday, and every Monday for the, the summer, pretty much, we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to be looking at whether or not the Roe versus Wade decision could come down from the Supreme Court. And there's a good chance that it does because we're just not seeing the type of, I don't think that the unprecedented leak of the draft Justice Alito opinion moved the needle. I mean, it only has to move, there's only nine people. So if if there are nine people out there who who matter in the Supreme Court, that's all it is. And if for whatever reason it resonated with one or two of them, it really could drastically change things. But uh, it just does not seem like that's going to be the case because when you see things like plurality now in America consider abortion the same as murdering a child. I mean, that's pretty wild. We are now up to plurality saying the biggest percentage of of biggest uh, chunk of people, according to a survey by The Economist, YouGov, should Americans are split on a pro-choice and pro-life, but the, the biggest chunk of people who uh, are, are in the group that says it's, it's equivalent to murder. That's a big shift. That's a big shift. 67% of Republicans believe it. Um, 43% of independents. So it's because of the technology and it is because people are hearing heartbeats earlier. They're seeing evidence of the uh, human uh, characteristics of fetuses when they're in the womb. People are moving quickly in that direction. So we'll see if we get that decision today and then we'll see how the, what the protests are like, how that develops. There'll be some, but I just don't know. It just, I just don't think it's going to be at the level that I think uh, uh, whoever leaked that item thought it was going to be. All right. Oh, here's another disease one. Six child dies in connection with mysterious hepatitis cases with unknown cause. That's a scary one. It's from over the weekend. There's one to keep an eye on CDC's warning about. Maybe scary the monkey box. More cases, more death already. Um, yeah, Supreme Court could rule on Roe v. Wade as early as today. The Biden administration is bracing for violence. I hope there's no violence. And if there is, I certainly hold Biden administration somewhat accountable because they did things like Merrick Garland uh, deciding that he would not enforce laws that you're not allowed to protest outside people's private homes. In order to try to influence Supreme Court justices in a political way, which is what was done in the state of Virginia. And it was on him to enforce it, he chose not to, to ignore it. All right, uh, moving on to some other stuff. Uh, there is a report out in Axios suggesting that the Democrats' redistricting efforts, which have been very robust, and I've been doing some research on it. I haven't had a lot to report on the show. But I'm doing some research into it because it's uh, headed up by Mark Elias, who is one of the most powerful Democrats around. They're a nationwide redistricting effort, and it's apparently not going well. So the gerrymandering is not netting seats for Democrats. And Axios, which is owned by, among other people, Irene Powell Jobs, the star of my book, Breaking the News, among other stars, one of the biggest ones. Steve Jobs' widow who inherited a bunch of money and passed it around to uh, uh, pro-left-wing organizations and news outlets. 
but even they acknowledged the redistricting efforts for Democrats were collapsing across the map, deepening the party's fears of a rout in November. So courts struck down Democrats' biggest gains, including in New York, according to the Cook Political Report. Uh, people like Jerry Nadler and Oversight Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney, both Democrats from New York, are going to be pitted against each other in contentious primaries. That is one where if there is one Democrat in the Congress, I hope it's Jerry Nadler. I hope he's the representative of Democrats forever. A man who literally eats frankfurters straight out of the package, cold in front of an open refrigerator, dunks him in the mustard right there, boom. And then twists the jar closed, puts it back. He does the thing where he folds over the package of the hot dog and then rests it in the cheese drawer so that gravity seals it off so he doesn't have to get like a chip clip to preserve it or put it in a Ziploc bag, which those things are expensive. I got some of those the other day. There's like, uh, it's like $6 for 26 of them. What's the math on that? 20 cents a pop. Things aren't cheap. So what he does, because he's smart, Naylor's a smart guy. Fold it over. Gravity does the work. Does not use a Ziploc. He's good. He's real good. And potentially he could lose a primary. Not a super impressive guy. Here's another good poll. A majority have an unfavorable view of critical race theory. There's a huge credit to uh, the YouGov economist again. Must put out a bunch of polls. Uh, This is one where this Marxist ideology, which has been put out thoroughly in recent years by Democrats and has been refuted by only anti-establishment conservative media, nowhere else. And so most of the country don't don't like it. I think they're getting that CRT is not about correcting past racism. That CRT, as Dr. James Lindsay's put it, who's written a whole book on the subject, has really turned into you call everything as racist until you get what you want. That's the way he describes it. Of course, the real definition put out by uh, a couple of the people who are most responsible. We've been covering this at Breitbart since Andrew Breitbart was alive. We were the first, I think, in American media really to take this concept seriously, and we were called crazy for doing it. Um, but it is uh, a guy named Derek Bell, who was um, the professor of Barack Obama, who uh, we reported on well over a decade ago at Breitbart. Um. But the left is trying to push critical race theory, which literally calls for qualities of outcomes, which is a Marxist idea. And we're just, uh, we dwell on it. In the school, we spend more time on this than I would say our founding documents, and I would say the great philosophers in a lot of schools. And people are rejecting it, and they're rejecting it because we somehow have some, some level of freedom of speech in this country, and we need to fight to preserve it as much as we can, though it is always under attack. It is always under attack, and it is under attack typically by uh, the left at this point. They're right occasionally, but the, the left for the most part. Twitter says they will hide tweets that will share false info during a crisis. So this is why, regardless of what you think of Elon Musk, and he is doing a fair bit that makes me think that his uh, quote-unquote red-pilled behavior online is not entirely a show. I think some of it's performance art. I do. I think some of it is. uh, He doesn't like being told what to do. I think people worth $300 billion feel that way, and people have been trying to tell him what to do, and those people are almost all on the left. 
Um, but this is why I do hope he succeeds. And I, I'm increasingly skeptical that he will in buying Twitter because Twitter can't get much worse. But they're saying they will get worse. They're going to hide false info during a crisis. What's Twitter's record of hiding false info? They hide true info that hurts Democrats. So here's another one that I was got some pushback from some of y'all who want uh, Trump and Elon Musk to be best friends. Um, Trump torched Elon Musk over the weekend because Elon said he wants to join the Republican Party. And Trump said that his purchase of Twitter is probably illegal and Twitter is filled with fake accounts. And which Elon agrees with. Elon agrees it's all fake or half of it's fake. There's a report out that Joe Biden had half of his followers had fake or are, are fake. And I found that to be incredibly low. Did any of you, were any of you shocked that apparently half of Biden's followers might actually be real human beings? That sounds impossible to me. That needs a fact check. Donald Trump put on Truth Social, G. Elon Musk never told me that until now he only voted for Democrats. That's a good, that's a good point. Admitting he didn't vote for Trump. Actually, it was quite the contrary, but now it seems with all of his problems, with the probably illegal purchase of a crummy, phony account, loaded company, fake Twitter, he wants to be the, a Republican because the Dems are, quote, a party of hate, close quote. I could have told him that a long time ago, but actually they are party of sickness, greed, corruption, and absolutely horrible policy. Good luck, Elon. Have fun. This is fun, Trump. It is. That, that is something I could pop some popcorn for that one. Trump versus Musk. Um, all of them are having a better time than Big Joey the Biden. We call the Ultra Joey in the front page of Breitbart. 70% of Americans say the economy is bad. If we've got Ultra MAGA, we got Ultra Joey. 78% say the economy is bad. That means, you know, half the people voted for him at a minimum. More than half, really, probably 60% say the economy is bad. It is bad. And it's getting worse. Uh, it just seems to be when I'm going about my day when the children are leading me across the area around my home and I'm interacting with real human beings over the weekend. There's a lot of economy talk, a lot of people complaining about grocery prices, gas prices, food prices. It's one that you cannot run it. You cannot run it. Gas, gas prices at a record for 11 consecutive days as of Friday. We'll check in on it today. I got a photo sent to me from a friend who lives near Beverly Hills, and where is it? Oh, shoot. Looks like, looks like Master Marlowe may have deleted it. I believe it was, it was high sevens. I believe it was close to $8. I'll pull it up. It's famous gas station, Master Marlowe. Unbelievable. I guess I have to check my deleted folder during the break. Oh, no, there it is. I found it in the deleted folder. Yeah, seven ninety nine for the premium, the Beverly Hills gas station. No, it's Beverly Hills. I can afford it. But the thing is, is that what about the people who work for the rich people in Beverly Hills and commute in? Um, a, a Irish president said that Elon Musk's attempt to buy Twitter is, or the Irish president said it's a form of dictatorship. How great is that? Ireland's leftist president, Michael D. Higgins, said it's a form of dictatorship for Musk to buy a company. Isn't that great? So after all the authoritarianism we saw during COVID, and it will continue, and they'll try to use any other disease or outbreak to uh, further the um, COVID-1984 lockdowns, 
and they'll try to have it for other things. You know, the 21 a day quarantine now for monkeypox. They, they can't wait to do it. They want to have the climate lockdowns next. But if Musk tries to buy a company, that's dictatorship. Okay. People all need to go back to school and get civics lessons. I think I mentioned this on Friday's show, but if I didn't, NPR has set up a snitch hotline for other people who work at NPR for not abiding by their mask regulations. According to a media reporter named Dylan Byers, they have very strict mask policy at NPR, and which has government funding, of course. And they set up a HR tip line for employees who report on colleagues who are not adhering to the guidelines. So the government employees have a government hotline, all this you're paying for, where you can snitch on your other government employees for not abiding by the mask rules. Fun. That sounds fun. I'm going to send them my resume if uh, things ever go south for me at Breitbart. Sounds good. The Wall Street Journal says that Biden and federal policies caused the infant formula crisis. Good for them pointing it out, which they would have pointed out earlier. But that's a direct call out. Of course, Wall Street Journal, not a friend of Biden's in the opinion page. But still, uh, it's not just Breitbart complaining about it. Wall Street Journal, pretty straightforward establishment as far as uh, as far as American media goes on the right. Yet the White House is touting over the weekend Operation Fly Formula military plane landing in Indiana this morning with specialty infant formula. And now, thanks to President Biden's leadership, we have a second flight heading to Pennsylvania coming days. Uh, good, but way too late. And most importantly, what formula is this? It's the, if you guys have a formula fed baby, then any sort of, um, and it, any sort of a change to the baby's formula is very char- challenging on the baby's tummy. And so the fact that the babies all, many of them have to change formulas now is already hurting the babies. It's making them uncomfortable. That's a minimum. And then when you run out, then you're going to see babies that are going to be hospitalized or worse. So sending formula from overseas, which I'm glad they're doing it, is not, that, that, that does not, that's not leadership. That's a panic. It's a, it's a, a absolute panic that is taking place. And the fact that we need to go overseas and import stuff that's not going to be the same brand, it's not going to be identical. And though maybe it will keep our children alive, they'll be uncomfortable if they have to, to consume it. Uh, I spoke to one doctor over the weekend who was shared some of your skepticism about um, using the Defense Production Act to produce formula. Uh, this doctor said that she doesn't want some emergency made formula. She just wants a regular formula. So, and she's skeptical that it's going to be made properly. So maybe she's just angry at Biden. I don't know, but it was a, uh, it will be a concern that is shared. I'm still glad the White House is doing it. Let's see if they can pull it off, but it's a Biden's leadership trying to tell Biden what a great guy. A couple other quick ones. Half a million migrants crossed the border in the last 10 weeks. According to exclusive report, we have a Breitbart Cartel Chronicles vertical. This is a record-setting mass migration. It's overwhelming Border Patrol and NGO resources as they deal with a chaotic level of border crossing. 513,000 migrants illegally crossed between April 1 and May 15th. As they say every time now, we can do just three hours on this topic. Um, I think you guys get it. A judge ordered Biden to keep Title 42, which is good. But 
Neil Monroe writes for us at Breitbart News, halting Biden's plan to end Federal 42, ordering federal agencies to continue the program because a termination order likely violates federal law. But he says in some ways it's a win for Biden because it means that things aren't going to get even worse on his watch. So the Biden opponents are happy about it. Um, but the Biden wins because he can keep using Title 42 to manage the migrant inflow. Interesting. Many more migrants would would rush the border without Title 42, which might force TV news executives to broadcast a dramatic video. Such a good take. He's saying actually the level now is maybe optimized for Biden to get away with it, is Neil's take. Is if Title 42 comes off, the influx could be so bad that it could even go mainstream. Oh, wow. That's smart. That's why uh, Neil's one of our top guys in immigration. I think he's right on that. A couple of trans ones. Dave Chappelle's attacker, a guy named Isaiah Lee, broke his silence, revealing that he was triggered by jokes with the LGBTQ community and homelessness when he tackled Dave Chappelle on stage on May the 3rd in Los Angeles. Free speech under attack. Non-binary LGBTQ plus person offended by jokes. So uh, thanks, Will Smith. Appreciate it. Tons of weird trans stuff we covered over the weekend at Breitbart. Very weird. Uh, Washington School Board Director is going to host a queer youth open mic and a not creepy sex shop for kids. There's a biological male absolutely demolishing, and that's a quote, female surfing competitors in Australia. The National Science Teachers Association is now incorporating gender-inclusive biology, which means women will be called people with ovaries. Uh, what about well, women who don't have ovaries, who had ovarian cancer? Are they no longer, what, what are they? I don't get it. Or people who don't have a uterus because they had a, a, a hysterectomy. Do you, do you lose your woman's status then? That's why it's just too chaotic. That's why we had terms for this that were fine. The terms were, were functional for the vast, 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 vast majority of the population for all of history. We just nuked it for whatever reason. A Kentucky swimmer is joining coaches in a call for a trans division after a tie with Leah Thomas. Nice. I like that. Uh, Bill Maher's take was that we're literally experimenting on children with gender transitions. That's right. That's exactly what it is. We're experimenting on children. Ch child experimentation. And the European Union is spending taxpayer money on drag queens in youth education program. Nice. Why do we like the EU? Super state bureaucracies. Unelected people spending taxpayer money for drag queens in youth education. We're not turning out impressive people who are going to take over this country. And I make fun of the boomers. Everyone makes fun of the boomers. I get it. And I have a lot of Gen X friends, but they're kind of stoic. All the Gen Xers know it, but I'm concerned when you start seeing stories like Georgetown students leaving trash, broken bottles at the Lincoln Memorial during graduation ceremony at the point where they shut down Lincoln Memorial. Remember when we had all those tea parties and the tea party crowd was accused of being violent and then everyone showed up and they were really peaceful and just um, men wearing tricorn hats and people dressed up their dogs and American flags and they would leave the venues cleaner than when they got there. And then he went to Occupy, and there was just filth and needles and, as Andy Breitbart famously said, a lot of rape going on. Uh, it, it, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for our whole country. So 50, 50 grand a year, 60 grand a year to go to Georgetown? 
and uh, you don't even realize that at graduation you shouldn't get loaded and uh, break beer bottles at the Lincoln Memorial and leave them there. Okay, last one. Eric Garcetti's mom and dad have hired lobbyists to rescue his Indian nomination. Joel Pollock, Rochester's first of Breitbart, could not stop laughing when I saw this headline. Outgoing Mayor Eric Garcetti, who wanted to stay as mayor throughout his term, um, but they tried to get him out of there. They're airlift, they're airlifting him out because LA is such a disaster right now. They're trying to get him out to save his face as a potential future Democrat star. He's been perhaps the worst mayor in the country during his time. And he, so things got so bad, they're trying to move him to ambassador to India, but he is having a problem because his office ignored a massive sexual misconduct scandal. And so now his parents, Gil Garcetti and Suki, Gil Garcetti famous for, I think he was on the team that did not get OJ convicted. I think that was his main claim to fame. Eric Garcetti went to my super upper crust private school. Uh, in Los Angeles, Harvard Westlake. There might be the Harvard school when he was there because he's a little older. But clearly a guy who comes from means. And the LA Daily News reports that they hired the firm McGuire Woods Consulting and registered with the federal government this week on behalf of Suki and Gil Garcetti to lobby on the issue of outreach related to confirmation for ambassadorship nomination. Pretty cool. Mommy and daddy to pay for some lobbyists to try to get you your ambassadorship because you failed as mayor. Nice. Our guest today, Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas, who voted properly on the Ukraine funding bill, and I get into that with him. But then he gives a darker and bleaker report from our southern border than I was anticipating, and we knew he wanted to call in uh, and report what's going on, and it just does not sound good. And uh, that will come through. And then uh, as a cherry on top, I do ask him, as a medical doctor who's taken monkeypox, uh, his answer will probably not surprise you, but you'll have to listen to find out. Let's go for it. Senator, I know you're down at the border, and I want to get into that. But I, I, I just got a call on Ukraine. And this audience, I think, for the most part, has been largely supportive of Ukraine and generally likes Zelensky and doesn't like Putin. But uh, we don't understand how the Senate and the Congress uh, settled on $53 billion. Uh, I, I don't think there's any inspector general who's going to keep an eye on where any of it's going. Uh, why do we, we need to be on the hook for this when our border's open and babies can't get enough formula? It just seems utterly illogical to me, yet many of your colleagues voted for this. Yeah, Alex, as you know, I voted against the legislation. I, too, want to support Ukraine. We've already done more than all the rest of the world together has done. We have 107,000 American troops on the front NATO line. NATO only has 30,000. Meanwhile, the biggest, the most threatening situation right now from a national security standpoint to the people in Kansas is the southern border. Most every day somebody in Kansas dies from fentanyl poisoning. Kansas is now a border state. This is the priority. America can do both, but Europe needs to step up and carry their weight. We need to spend $25 billion right now to fix this border. I'm calling on Joe Biden to come down and see for himself what's really going on, this human tragedy. This place turns into a war zone every night. This past week, again, I just talked to the Border Patrol uh, record number this past week. It's getting steadily busy. It's like the California 
gold rush. People have been waiting on the other line for May 23rd. They don't know that the court settled anything. They got the bat signal from Joe Biden. Everybody come across the border. You're going to get free health care, free food, uh, amnesty. Come on, everybody. So they're stacked like cordwood uh, across the border last night. And then it'll be a little quiet during today. But then at sundown again tonight, this place turns into a war zone. What do you mean by war zone? Let's be specific here, because this is a, a incredibly no. a dramatic charge. Yeah, no. So I just was at the the Poland-Ukraine border three weeks ago, and the sea of humanity I'm seeing here is much, much worse than what I saw. Wow. Just the volume of people, the crisis going on. I'm a physician. I've done humanitarian work all across the world. I shouldn't be emotionally disturbed by what I'm seeing. And what I've seen these past four days, I mean, literally makes me want to vomit. It's so, it's so horrifying. Um, we have, and you know, the Texas law enforcement officers under, under Governor Abbott have done a great job. So in a war zone, you have layer after layer after layer of forces trying to stop uh, the approach of the, of, the, of the enemy. And these people aren't all our enemies, but there's a lot of enemies amongst them. Uh, so we have state troopers on the river, which I'm looking at right now. We've got uh, the border patrol boats here, and then just on the uh, on the other side of the of the river from us, we'll have state. We'll have I'm sorry, our border patrol officers working with sheriff's officers, working with the national guard, and then behind them more sheriff's officers trying to stop people. I was on a ranch Saturday night, this war zone I'm talking about, and went on a couple chases with the sheriff officers of human smuggling. And the, the, the ranchers on one ranch has already found 100 dead bodies, decomposed bodies that people have been without water for days trying to make that trek to America. You know, the war is the fentanyl. That's the, the real war here, and, uh, along with just the, the gang members and terrorists coming across the border. The main enemy right now is the fentanyl. Uh, it seems like a big one, and this is one of the things that struck, I think, us at Breitbart in particular, uh, looking at the cost of what we're spending in Ukraine, which, again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do nothing, I'm just, but the it, it would cost far more than Trump's border wall would have cost to complete, which we were told for three straight years uh, that we can't find the money for that. And then finally, lo and behold, the fourth year, all of a sudden progress started to get made. I don't know what changed. Uh, but it is we're just around the clock. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. We don't have the money. We don't have the money. It's got to be appropriated. Well, we're appropriating all this money for the Ukrainian border, not the American border. Well, beyond that, there was money that was appropriate, appropriated that Joe Biden diverted to, to fly people uh, from this border to your home states, wherever you live. Wow. You have people uh, coming, coming to you. So there was money. There were gates stacked up, and they still are. There are the gates are stacked up here. There's huge holes in the walls that weren't finished. Uh, the contractors have been sent home. We were paying them forty thousand dollars a day to not build the wall. So some of the money was appropriated. Again, your listeners need to realize Joe Biden wants this crisis. He wants to reshape America in his image. Of, he thinks that these are future voters for him. That's the plan. That they want this crisis. They're willing to take a little bit of a political hit now uh, in order to get more future Democrats across the board. At least he thinks they are, but his, Hispanic people across the nation do not agree with, with Joe Biden's values. They, the, the Hispanic people that I know value faith. They value the sanctity of life. They value their freedom of speech and freedom of religion. People that have done it the right way, who have immigrated, immigrated properly and have went through all the, the checks and balances to, to get that citizenship. Uh, so I anyway, 
of course we need to appropriate more money, but they're not going to make that a priority because they want this, this crisis down here. So one thing that's interesting is a judge blocked the repeal of Title 42, which actually will probably moderate the flow of immigration, uh, illegal immigration across our southern border a little bit. One of our top editors at Breitbart suggested that might actually be beneficial to Joe Biden because if any more people get down there, the establishment media might actually have to start covering it, which by and large they've been able to avoid it. They've been able to focus on, you know, uh, Ukraine and monkeypox and stuff like that, and they haven't had to focus on this. Uh, And if it gets any worth, maybe they will uh, evaluate that take. Well, I, I think that nobody told all the immigrants sitting on the other side of the river that there was a court decision. They were told just the opposite of that. For wow. weeks, they've been told that come on Monday, May 23rd, and they're going to rush the border here and overwhelm the Border Patrol officers. They've got to go. They've all made this three dollars $7,000 a piece investment to get across Mexico. They're, they went, they're sitting there on the other side of the river, and the plan is uh, you know, over this next week, and we just had a new record week uh, last night, one of the busiest nights ever this past week, that all the officers have seen a crescendo of activity. So what they're going to do is they're going to rush the border this week. They want to tie up the Border Patrol officers. And then, meanwhile, two miles down the river, the drugs are coming across. The Border Patrol is spending 80% of their time as social workers, as nurse aides, as, uh, as restauranteurs, if, if you will, serving food, getting people showers. So they're going to overwhelm the border. They don't care about Joe Biden's uh, policy anyway, and Joe Biden's not going to enforce it. You wait and see. He's just going to ignore this court ruling just like he's, he's ignored remain in Mexico. See, th- this is right, and this is the point that's most important. Just because something's on the books, it doesn't mean that it's going to be enforced. And we watched this uh, with the Supreme Court justices right now who are getting protested outside their homes, even though that's supposed to be illegal and supposed to be enforced by our Department of Justice. It doesn't make a difference to Merrick Garland and the Biden administration. Thus, we, uh, if you, I mean, if you're a, if you're part of the Supreme Court, you could be subject to this sort of harassment that is unprecedented in our country. So it just does remind you that it, the policies on the border are secondary to what is uh, the reality of it. And the reality of it is that we have an open border and people are flooding over and these people are bringing drugs and they're bringing uh, they're not sending their best, as President Trump famously said. So tell me about the fentanyl and how bad it is. And I assume it's getting worse. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on how much worse it's getting. Yeah, well, certainly we're just seeing a crescendo almost straight up. And the big difference uh, on the fentanyl is it's so lethal that just one pill can kill you. Uh, in the past year, six tons of fentanyl have been apprehended. Uh, probably twice that much has got across the border. When I saw six tons, that's like six big truck pulls of, of this stuff uh, was apprehended. Remember, one teaspoon can kill over a thousand people. So what they're doing is the fentanyl is made in China. Uh, the, the precursors made in China. It's sent here to Mexico. Then they're lacing marijuana. They're lacing uh, crack cocaine um, and, of course, Percocets and oxycodones with it. And, and here's these 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids. They slam down a couple beers. They say, oh, I'm going to take this half of a Percocet tablet and get quite a buzz. And instead, that half a Percocet tablet kills them. It makes them stop breathing because it's laced uh, just a little bit with the fentanyl. Almost every day now in Kansas, somebody dies from fentanyl. Kansas is now wow. a border state. Every state is a border state. This war is now in your hometown. 
so what are you seeing down there at the border? You're there now. How long have you been there? How long do you intend to stay? And, and what are things that you've learned that uh, you weren't expecting? Yeah, so I've been here for four days. I'll head back to D.C. Uh, this, this, this afternoon. And I, I think, again, just the crisis situation. This is my fourth visit. And on the one hand, the Border Patrol has improved so much. They, they have doing such an incredible job of taking care of people. But the detention facilities are at their capacity right now, and probably even less officers able to do their real job because they're so focused on the humanitarian crisis down here. They're unable to to take care of the security issues. Um, The next, which has improved significantly, is what Governor Abbott has done. Uh, this every law enforcement officer in the state of texas whether you're the fish and wildlife officer or state troopers you're now engaged in protecting the border uh so it so i'm really impressed with all that but these people are maxed out they've been working overtime since the day joe biden was sworn in these folks have been overwhelmed they're burned out they're overworked they're underpaid they don't have enough enough uh, support system but you you can't give you couldn't hire enough officers to stop the problem unless joe biden turns off the beacon unless joe biden turns off the magnet he's got to stop advertising to to send everybody here joe biden could stop this i'm calling on joe biden to come down and see this for himself it's one thing to see it on tv i don't think his, his aides are actually telling him what's really happening down here he needs to come down and see for himself, and I don't mean a flyover to stop at McAllen Air Force uh, 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 Air Base here about 30 miles from the border. He needs to come and see it and smell it. Do what I did. Go on the water. Go work the, the, the other side of the river with the Border Patrol officers uh, to go spend some time with the sheriffs. He needs to go help, help the uh, sheriffs dig up or uh, scrape up some dead bodies that have been decomposing over the last month or two. Bodies with their eyes that have been eaten out by birds and, and people that are, you know, are unrecognizable. He needs to come see this crisis of humanity, this human tragedy that he's created. Uh, it just feels that way. But uh, what do you do if you're down there at the border? And uh, we were down there in 2019. I got to meet with a lot of great people who were down there. Uh, it is just hard to uh, fathom what it would be like for the family members who of the uh, law enforcement and border patrol personnel who are down there who uh, are just uh, at the front lines here. Do they have any recourse? What is life like for them? What are you hearing from them? Well, the, again, I think just this term burnout. Uh, if, uh, the, 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 some of the state highway patrol officers are working seven, 12-hour shifts in a row. They don't have a family life. That's what I talk about this war zone is that you don't ever get a break. So the families are simply overwhelmed. Uh, the farmers over here are overwhelmed. We visit several farms as well. We've been up and down the border, inland and outland. Uh, the, the farmers overwhelmed with their fences being broken. So you, you get on some type of a chase, and these people drive right through the fences. They drive through their fields. Um, they, they try to hide some of the people within the, the workforce as well. Uh, this human trafficking is being ignored, uh, and it's just and it's just human smuggling is what I should talk about. Uh, the cartel is making more from human smuggling. Once they get them across the border, they still have to be smuggled in, and there's no recourse. There's minimal recourse, minimal federal laws to punish human smuggling, and that's where many of the folks are dying. Uh, these these uh, uh, undocumented migrants are dying. Is they're in the back of trunks. They're they're in uh, these makeshift boxes and containers and trucks. Uh, they get into some type of a crash, uh, you know, a chase scene, and they end up crashing, and all those people die. That's the that's the inhumane part of this. This is so 
inhumane what we're doing to torture people as they try to cross over a thousand miles of Mexico and then another hundred miles they'll have to cross on foot to avoid some of the checkpoints. It is just a sea of inhumanity right now. I'm telling you, Alex, uh, the president needs to come here and lay eyes on this. He sure does, but he's focused elsewhere, Senator. I got to bounce something off you, which is breaking news of Joe Biden apparently talking about he's going to militarily defend Taiwan if China invades. He said that he's planning on uh, defending Taiwan if uh, China invades. Now, I'm all for Taiwan and helping Taiwan, but I don't think Biden's really drawing a red line here. It's just very interesting that he draws red lines on other people's borders and not our own. And that's just still shocking and worth pointing out over and over again. Yeah, well, let's stay tuned. Let's see if the White House walks back those comments. That's, that's he did. The, uh, He's already walked her back. As I, travel, as I travel around the nation, it is just incredible, around the world, excuse me, that people wonder, well, who is the United States? Do we trust them? What are they doing? Look, we need to be proactive, not reactive. We need to be getting arms to Taiwan yesterday, last month, like we were calling to get, the, get more arms to uh, Ukraine months ago as well, way before this started. This president is always a day late, a dollar short. He's always reactive rather than proactive. But to your point, yes, the biggest national security threat, most immediate national security threat to the people in Kansas is our open southern border. Uh, we, ha- we can do what we, need- we can to help Taiwan, to help Ukraine, all those folks as well. But above all, take care of home. Yeah. That's what our priority is. Let's take care of our own people. Right on the money, Doctor uh, uh, Roger Marshall Center from Kansas. Last one, uh, quickly. Do you have a hot take on monkeypox right now? Everyone wants to talk about monkeypox. Oh you know, I, I don't know. We what we have three cases: two in New England and one in uh, Florida right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring it. Let's see what what it is. Uh, are they? Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but uh, the jury's still out. Let me do some more checking. Sure. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, the senator is a doctor as well, medical doctor. So that's why that's why I got his take really quick. Thanks, Senator. That's today's show. Thanks to producers Haley and Greg Eben and Robert Marlowe, who helps me pick topics. And thanks to all of you who tell 10,000 friends and family members about Breitbart News Daily, about the Breitbart News Daily podcast, about Breitbart.com, etc. All of us very helpful. And uh, thanks again. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 